everybody this is the first episode of we the biz podcast we are the business um quick description of that if you haven't caught it already the idea for this originally was to use a podcast format um and pair it with social media and kind of help out um the hospitality industry the restaurant business the bar business, the hotel, people that, that work in that industry because it's something that you know I hold close to my heart and it's something that you know where I live is, is very integral. And since that idea came up, 
the world has kind of changed. So, uh, you know, I, I think we're going to focus on some other things uh, for the first couple episodes and then uh, open up the floodgates and, and, and start to really talk about um, the service industry and, you know, tell those kind of stories. Um, so I have with me, my name is Andrew Jackson. Uh, everybody calls me Andy if you don't know me already. I'm from New York City. Um, grew up in Woodstock, lived in Boston, lived in a bunch of different places in uh, Latin America and Europe. And now I'm here in South Beach. I am with Lloyd Cox. Lloyd, say hi to everybody. What's going on, good people? Lloyd, where are you from? Uh, originally from Jamaica, but I grew up in, uh, in Miami, so I've been here most of my life. Yeah, so Lloyd and I know each other from the, uh, the scapegoat. The goat. The goat, which is currently not open. Um, which is a local bar here, so hence the, uh, you know, the We The Business kind of idea. But now that we're kind of into a different, you know, reality as far as what, the, what people are talking about, um, we really wanted to address what's going on in the United States right now. And, you know, Lloyd and I have these awesome conversations all the time, which are very open and raw, and there's never really conclusions because um, nobody has like definitive answers for, for you know these serious problems, but we wanted to address the elephant in the room, which is the murder of George Floyd. Am I saying that? Yeah, George Floyd. Yes. I, I almost. Yeah. You got it. Yeah, I was like, I was almost, I almost said Lloyd. I said George <laughs> Lloyd. I'm like, there's a Lloyd and a Floyd. So yeah, we want to talk about it. And uh, obviously, Lloyd is a black man, so his perspective is going to be different than mine. Uh, and you know, obviously even amongst black men and black women and white men and white women and everything in between perspectives are going to be different. So let's get to the kind of, you know, skip over the basics. I think everybody knows that, um, George Floyd was murdered by a police officer, um, for something that's pretty irrelevant for, I mean, not pretty, very irrelevant for murder, pretty irrelevant for even a, a rough arrest. And I think it really was something that woke a lot of Americans up to, to things that maybe we should have been more awake to. And so I just want to get, you know, we'll start off with, you know, getting Lloyd's reaction to that. And, and, and what was like, what was the first thing that hit you when you saw that video? Well, um, I woke up uh, that morning when I guess the story blew up to, I had like 10, you know, text messages, uh, my Facebook uh, inbox was going crazy. And, you know, I listened to my mom's message and, you know, uh, it. people were telling me to be careful, be careful. And I was like, I didn't quite know what so was So your mom going actually on. called you? Oh, absolutely. Every, anytime, you know, it's, uh, it's a little different for her, you know what I mean? But we know the dangers that are out there. So anytime something happens, the first thing that my mom does it's called me. Like, if she sees something happen uh, in Tampa, yeah. she's like, just make certain, are you near that area? I'm like, uh, no, Miami's nowhere near Tampa, Mom. But she, you know, that's her it's a first, mom reaction. Yeah, it's... first instinct. So when she saw that, uh, I assume, like, a lot of people um, that either know me or whatever, you could picture that possibly being me. Right. You know, so when I saw the video, I, at first, I, I didn't watch the whole video. I actually got halfway through it, posted it because it was enough for me. Right. To yeah. See. You knew. You knew it was. Coming. I knew. Yeah. I knew what. You've seen it before. Yeah. Yeah. I've, it, yeah. I've seen it before, and it was just you know it was a it was a bunch of emotions, but most of it was man that literally could be me. So you kind of picture yourself and your family, and you picture your loved ones, and you know what are they going to do, or you know. What if that was me? That that's kind of the and first. And then reaction. what hits next? Fear or anger or both? Anger. Okay. I'm. Uh, I mean, I'm 40. I'm about, I'm about to be 44 years old. So I've been around a while. So you know, you kind of, you know, growing up as a as a at least as a a, a black man, you have different experiences with police officers than than most. Right. You know. Uh, so for me, it's. It's anger. You you look and it's like, man, again, you know, we have a, a, a 
grew up in, in Miami Gardens, what we'll call, you know, Carroll City. Yeah. You know, I can't use that Miami Gardens thing. <laughs> Just to be clear, Miami Gardens is in, in by, uh, it's where the stadium is. It's in the northwest uh, part of Miami. Um, unincorporated Northwest Day. Unincorporated Northwest Day. There you go. So, yeah, so go on. Sorry. Um, where was I? Yeah, I threw you for a curveball. Um, God, what, 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 yeah. So anyway, getting back into that, what we were talking about, sorry for throwing you a curveball, Lloyd, um, is growing up where you grew up and how that affects how you you see You kind of have a different interaction with, you know, police officers than I would guess other places. You know what I mean? Um, It's not, it's an adversarial type of thing where uh, I believe over the years they kind of look they kind of look at you like you're going to do something to them yeah and you're looking at them like they're going to do something to you you know so for me dealing with that you know just on a human level over the years it's it was anger it was it wasn't anything but anger it wasn't fair it wasn't it was like all right somebody has to pay for this and does the anger compound as in like the more you see it, the more angry you get? Or is it just kind of the it, – because it seems to happen a lot. You, you know what? Uh, this, this situation is different. Uh, the, the, it, this has happened with obviously like Garner in, uh, in New York. Yeah. And you get angry. Similar situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah very Garner. similar situation. You, you, you get angry, but you kind of know that it's going to get muffled out by the media by, you know, you're going to post something, there's going to be 500 other people saying, you know, he should have been following the law. It's like you go through this little game yeah. every time something like this happens and so it just kind of gets muffled out. The cops don't go to jail. So in your mind, you kind of, you kind of are, you kind of know that nothing is going to happen to this police officer. That's what I was, you know, thinking, right? So the, 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 the anger is, is from that. So you get angry at first, but then you kind of figure nothing is going to happen. And this stuff happens all the time. Right. And nothing gets done about it. And right. then you wait for the next one to happen. You know, but obviously with this situation, it was a perfect storm with everybody being home, nowhere to go, uh, you know, with the COVID situation. And it's like everybody's eyes were glued to the television. Yeah. It was like and, a perfect storm, and, I and, think. And, and, and then when you watched it or i'm assuming when everybody else watched it and then i saw people that didn't look like me screaming about it so i was like oh okay yeah so maybe this is a you know this hitting yeah yeah. it's it's hitting differently and what comes after that i'm not gonna lie to you i i I think i told you this before i sat in my room and i you know shed a couple tears and it was like it was like a, a weight is lifted off of you kind of it's like finally somebody like People, people are actually a seeing yeah. it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Now everybody's looking, and they can't sweep it under the rug because yeah. there is no other thing that's happening that's so huge. The world there's is no stopped. More, there's no more rug to yeah, sweep yeah, it under. Yeah, there's no rug. There's nothing going on in, on the whole planet right. right now besides COVID and everybody having to stay home. Yeah. So, you know, when you start seeing people that don't look like you saying things that you would say, like, what, you know, what is this? Like, why is this happening? What, you know, questioning Do you feel like it's things. genuine, though? Like, it, I mean, obviously not, you can't say in all cases, because we're talking about mostly social media, obviously. I, I think for the most part, people are coming, you know, it, it's 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 coming from a place of, of caring. Yeah, I think so, too. You know, uh, and you can't want people to care and say, you know, listen to you, and then when they do, you're like... Well, it's not genuine. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you don't know. You know what I mean? The fact that they're even saying it for me is a plus. Step one, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? So it's um, people talking about it and stepping up, especially people that, you know, in my estimation would not be treated like that, you know, stepping up to the forefront and say, hey, look, man, this is, this is some crazy stuff. And I, and I know you've been talking about it for a while or, yeah. you know, I've definitely had my own experiences, my brother. This might this might be the one that actually breaks a lot of virtue signalers into action. I mean, that's the thing that I'm optimistic about because in my world, it's mostly white people talking about how outraged they are, but they've been talking about it since 20, you know, really 2014, I think since Trayvon Martin. Right. Might have even been 2013 or 2014. Um actually even before Trayvon Martin I think was Ferguson. Right. Um 
So since then, I've noticed a lot of white people in my world, well-meaning white people, who I know that they have the right thing in mind, they, they always talk about this in a cycle. And it goes up, and it's outrage, and it's sharing, and it's signaling to the world that you give a fuck. And then there's, like you said before, there's just some sort of media cycle where it kind of gets out of the conversation, and we're not talking about Trayvon Martin anymore. You know, whereas we can kind of still talk about Trayvon Martin. We can still talk about, I mean, it's, there's so many of these cases that outrage us, then the outrage dies, but then there's still no justice for these. And I think now people are snapping out of that. You know, like the Breonna Taylor stuff. That's crazy. Which, but without this, Breonna Taylor, the, that would, story would go away. You saw how it started out. <laughs> it went away. It went away and it's coming back. Yeah, I saw that it's, uh, it's coming back. But, you know, you look at that story and, and it's just crazy because at first... I saw people posting about, you know, this man shooting a police officer and he was the devil. Like, they went in on this dude. Yeah. And then come to find out, they, they went into the wrong house, killed this girl, and he was trying to defend himself. You know, you no-knock warrant and all this stuff. So, yeah, the media has a way of just uh, of, of, of painting the exact opposite picture of what's going on. You know what I mean? And then people kind of just go on to the next thing. It's just kind of like what you're used to. Yeah, I, but that and that's you know that's a good point. That's why I was asking earlier about does the anger compound? Because I think if you're not experiencing that, if you're just seeing it on on the internet and on television, then it's much easier for you to get outraged for three weeks and then just you give yourself a badge of I was outraged with this. I know what side I'm on, and then move move on. But there's no like follow up action. There's there's for me. I can only speak for myself. You you take it. You digest it, yeah, and it just sits with you. You know, so do I have the luxury of, of you know, lashing out and doing these? You know, like this people handle it, I would assume differently. Yeah, but you kind of just take it and put it in your back of your mind, but it never goes away. You know what I mean? Right. It it, it just it, it sits there, and then when the next one goes up, when the next situation happens, then you, you know, deal with it, and you put it there, but you never really forget it. And over time, that kind of builds up. And what you're seeing now is... The build-up. The build-up. Yeah, the explosion of the build-up. The explosion of the build-up. And, and, and I don't want people to get... Because I see a lot of stuff on social media like you. I don't want people to confuse what's actually uh, going on. People are upset that you can actually... Police officers can do this and nothing happens to them. Right. Even on film we've seen it before That's yeah they always people... get the benefit of the doubt yeah th this because is... of because of the, their role as police officer exactly which is a weird thing because you want to in a perfect world you'd want to give somebody in charge of i mean look at policing right right your job is to like control supposedly to control order so in theory if we all lived in a, in a utopia you would be able to trust those people and i think the fact that they've and I say they as the royal they because I think it's pretty ubiquitous at this point. I don't think it's like it, – it's a lot of – it's not just like one police department or the other. It's the nature of policing in America. Right. So it's ubiquitous to every police department I think in the United States. Absolutely. And probably that carries over to a lot of other countries um, you know, with their own situations where police – you might be a good person and become a police officer. But then you are kind of trained to look at the world a certain way which isn't the right way. Right. So it, you know, I think that the the police have behave behave in a certain way where we give them the benefit of the doubt, but they haven't earned it. Right. And that's the problem. The is that the respect factor is your, at least you know, uh, in this country, you you have to respect the police regardless of what they're doing. So if they're brutalizing you, it's for your it's just for your own good right. or for their own good. You know what I mean? I need to make it home, so I get to brutalize you real quick, so I can make certain I get home. You know, I have to neutralize you even though it was a uh, traffic ticket. You know, I have to take it this far because you might be a threat. Right. You know what I mean? And that just leaves a, a sour taste in, 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 in people's mouth. Also you changes know? your behavior. Ex absolutely. Because you're, you're going to behave. We're all survivalists, right? right? You're going to behave in a way that you think is going to best fit your situation. Right. And if your, you know, day-to-day -day situation is different than mine, you're going to react differently. So, like... It's easy as a white person. I know a lot of people, not just a white person, that you know other people that aren't targeted by police, um, 
just mostly white people. <laughs> but you know, I don't. You know, I don't, whatever groups of people are not targeted irrationally by the police are out there. We don't have to feel that. So it's very, it's almost intellectually lazy for someone to look at it and say, just comply. You know, I was pulled over the other day and, and nothing bad happened, or, or I run into police all the time. Because it assumes that everyone shares that experience. It's not, it's not, and it's not true. It's, it's not just simply how it not works. It's just yeah. not how I, I can name at least 20 different times just in Miami alone in the last, like, I don't know, 10 years where, you know, you get pulled over and it's, it's uh, you know, six police cars. And I actually had one say that it looked like I was going fast. I'm like, how does it look like you're going fast anymore? Yeah. Going, I was going 20 miles an hour. He said, "Look like you were in a rush," and it's just, yeah. how did I look like I was in a rush? How, does, do you does, how does do you that tell? make? How does that make any sense? <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. But you have to sit there with your hand on the steering wheel, don't move. You don't want to make any sudden moves. I mean, right. it's 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 it, it's wild, and it's something that you you learn as soon as you get your driver's license. I think I told you we we spoke about this before. You learn, especially as a, a as a, a black you know kid that. Don't make any sudden moves. Don't do anything that's going to scare anybody or you got to keep your hand on the steering wheel. Ask permission to touch the glove compartment. You know, it's all these other things like this little boot camp that you have to go through. Just to uh, get by. Just, just to make certain that, you know, um, you don't get in any kind of trouble. Because if something happens, nobody's going to believe you. Right. Nothing. Nobody's going to believe a word that you say. You know, so uh, unfortunately, that's just, you know, how that works. So how do we... So, you know, we're going to solve racism. No. <laughs> Here's where we solve racism, guys. Tune in, because this is some good content. But what's, what, do you, what is the, like, this is a tough question because it's, it's complicated. But how do we change that? How do we get police to not look at African or black, whatever? How do we not look at black people, but specifically black men? How do we get the cops to not see them as a natural threat? Well, on, on, unfortunately, well, that's a very, 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 very tough question. Uh, it would be easy to say not look at, you know, color and surroundings and say that person is not a threat. You don't know that. You know what I'm right. saying? Right. You have to assume you, everybody's yeah, a threat, exactly. right? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, I'm assuming if you're a cop, you know, you, you just yeah. have to assume that everybody is a threat. I, I, I just... I just think that when I don't know the happy medium, but I do know if you're if you're in certain areas in certain urban areas and you're a police officer there and you know you're driving by the corner and you see something you know going down or whatever, you're gonna think this is a this is a threat. The problem is that that same person that they look at as a threat also looks like me that's coming from the store buying some, you know, right. a can of beer. Right. You know what I mean? So they just finished dealing with whatever they were dealing with over here. I look the same. It's 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 a it's a different situation, but I'm going to get treated the same because I look like Cuz you look like you a criminal. Look, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, in their mind, and it's not that I even not look like a criminal. I just look like somebody. You look like the person yeah. that they identify yeah, as a criminal. Exactly. Yeah. I just look like the person that they just had to deal with or their friends or, you know, somebody that just maybe broke into a house down the street. That they have to, I mean, I, you know, they're in these things, they're, they're in a situation where they're dealing with this all day. Why? Because you're in the inner city, bro. Sorry, hate to tell you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So this is, this is what, this is what happens. Yeah. But at the same time, instead of addressing me as a man, if you have a question, that's not what happens a lot of the times. It's, hey, you know, come over here, give me your wallet, uh, or give me your, give me your ID. What did I do? Oh, now you're resisting arrest without violence. I asked yeah. you just because, because I can do it. This is how I'm asking you. Like, don't question me. And there's some like Jim Crowy shit involved in that too, because the way you describe that makes me think of like movies that I've seen yeah. about the fucking fifties, or like. And yeah, honestly, crazy, if you dude. really want to dig into it, since slavery, there's been this kind of thing of like you are the serve you you list like. It's like a power thing where, where white people in, in structural power situations feel like whether you have a good or bad day is up to them. Right. You know, and that and that I think that might be ingrained in law enforcement to a certain degree because it's ingrained into our culture. And our, I had a conversation with a friend about this, right? So I don't think people 
someone said, like, what, what is it? Are cops inherently racist? I don't think so. However, I look at it like I look at Catholic, you know, all the Catholic priests that molested kids. I don't think the church makes them molesters, but I think the church shelters molesters. Right. Exactly. So molesters are naturally going to want to become priests. Right. It's not some magical, like, correlation that's hard to figure out. Right. If you have an institution that protects people doing something wrong, the people that want to do something wrong are going to want to go to that yeah. institution. So police officers, I think the same thing happens. Absolutely. I think there's a lot of people that, and I know, I've definitely met some over my life, you know, you don't know it at the time, but kids in high school, they're kind of bullies, or kind of, you know, picking on the, on the weak, or picking on the gay kid, or the fat kid, or whatever. Yeah. Like, they, surprise, surprise, a lot of them oh, turn out to be police officers because it's it, all the though they're kind of sick fantasies of controlling people because for being different or whatever they think inferior. They're acting out as professionals in an institution that doesn't really hold them accountable for that. Absolutely. So it's like if you are a racist person, there's almost no better job for you in America but, besides Fox, Fox uh, News. To, to, to <laughs> add to that, I mean, we're we're, we're talking race, but I, for me. The law enforcement, I can I can only speak for my me and my friends and where I grew up, or how I you know how I perceive them. Once they put on that uniform, uh, they're all one color to me. Right. The things that they do, just have these racial overtones, you know that that affect me. You so what do you think about black black police officers? Oh, dude, some of the worst experience I've ever had. I, I'm gonna say actually the yeah some of the worst experiences I've had has been by black police officers. And is that internalized self hate or what? Like what is what's the? I, you know what? I wish I could tell you. I just think that once they put on that uniform, it's it's the only profession where you you're supposed to just respect somebody because they have on a, a badge and a shield. You know what I mean? Everywhere yeah. you grow up, anywhere is like you know respect. You know respect is earned. It doesn't matter in, in business, in, in the streets, whatever you're doing. A respect thing is that you give it, you get it. Right. You yeah, because we're all human yeah, beings. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that's the only profession that I know of where people, where some, you know, somebody that I would have, uh, not going to get violent, but somebody that probably have been slapped around in high school or something can throw on a badge and then literally walk up to you and say, you need to respect me or else. It's a cheat code. Yeah, they have a license yeah. to fuck you up. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, that that's kind of where it comes from. So, you know, I, I actually had the uh, uh, my, not latest, I want to say, the, one of the last experiences that I had with a police officer was was with a black man. And he, he basically chased me down um, Biscayne Boulevard in the car. He wouldn't pull me over, but he just kept on, you know, like, he was on my bumper and finally I pulled into a gas station where I used to get, you know, uh, the cars washed and they, you know, everybody was, I want to make certain that I didn't know what he was doing. So right. I, pulled, I wanted to make certain I pulled into some place where there was a lot of people and, you know, uh, if anything was going to go down, there would be people there. And when I pulled into the gas station and I jumped out of the car, I, this car comes flying up the, the, into the gas station and it was a sunny Isles police officer. It was a, black cop with a go-to and he told me he said that he would call the Miami Police Department and he he could have me arrested and I said for what weird and he was like I need to respect his car so basically oh, at the that... light on 17th and Biscayne by the Publix uh, it was turning yellow and I pulled up to kind of beat the yellow light and he was going to make a right turn from you know from from another lane, uh, perpendicular. And he was saying, basically, I didn't let him get in front of me. So... Which is not a crime. Which is not a crime. <laughs> yeah. And he was stopped. It was a yellow light. I didn't run a, I didn't run a light. Let's wow. just get that straight. That is a fucking uh, power and, thing. Huh? And he was going off. And when I looked and I noticed that it was a Sunny House police officer, obviously everything changed. Because I was like, you're not even a Miami-Dade cop. You're going to call the Miami police? I was like, get out of here, man. But he uh, he told me that if I if he ever sees me in uh, in Sunny Isles that he'll let me you know he'll handle business when he's in Sunny Isles. But I needed to. He was on the force. He's been on the force for eighteen years, oh, and I need to and, and I needed to respect he respect my car. 
It was some kind of sergeant or something. I don't even know. Sounds, so it sounds like the institution pushes this authority. Yeah, this is authority thing. Authority so, porn, you know. Like. So yeah, exactly. So look, the, the racism is is one aspect of it, but for me, law enforcement as as a whole and the way that they protect bad police officers. Now, with what happened with me, if I go to somebody and say this is what happened to me, you know for a fact nothing is going to happen. Right. They kill people on tape and nothing happens. Right. So they're not going to listen to me about So you're just not going to go complain about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Right. Look, man, I've been on this planet 44 years. I don't know anybody where I'm from that ever called the police. I don't know that's anybody that's crazy. ever called 911. Wow. Police show up after something bad happens. They don't show up to stop nothing. You know yeah. what I mean? That's just in my experience. I, I, look. I think that's also why the, the, the no snitching thing is really big in the black community. And I know people – I think there's a valid argument against not snitching in certain cases. You know, I think – like, people take, a, you know, they have a little bit of an issue where if a crime happens that people are influenced not to report it. But then the more you realize that if, if black people are living with this constant fear of the police that a crime happens, it doesn't serve their good at all to report that crime, even if the outside world thinks it. Because the, the back now they're risking a backlash from the criminals. Oh, absolutely. And a backlash from the from, – it's not like the cops are going to be – they're on their side. Yeah, and I if mean, you look, look at man, that, that's got to be detrimental to the black community. Just like, dude, you can't rely on the police. Who the fuck do you, who uh, do you call? Like, you don't call anyone. Like, it's just not something. I don't. You know, they're always like, I see these things like, next time something happens, to call the police. I'm like, yeah, I grew up in Carroll City. Uh, I, I never called the police, bro. <laughs> you know well, the other thing is like, there are there, there are instances, and I've seen videos of this, or, or at least read about it. But people call the police, and the person calling the police is black, and the cops come so, and they think that they're the criminal. Didn't you see the? There was a video with, uh, with all these riots or whatever uh, going on in in uh, California. I don't know if you saw that video where it looked like a jewelry store or a pawn shop, and people were trying to break into it, and these people were protecting their store, and you know they ran out, and one of them had a a, a, a gun, and they were they were black. You yeah. know, and they were chasing these guys away, and the police show up, and there was a, a, a news reporter there, and she's recording the whole thing about what's going on with them trying to keep these people out of their store. They call the cops. The cops show up in full force and jump on them, and the news reporter's like, they're getting away. The people that <laughs> the people that are trying to rob the store are getting, getting away. away. They own the store. <laughs> they're not the looters. Dude, yeah. dude, they jumped right on these people right away. I mean, like, full force, like... They were the ones that, you know, they, and, that's, and that's the other thing that I'm saying. Obviously, that may, I'm not going to say isolated, but if you hear somebody's being robbed and there's black, they're going to jump up. And But the problem is, like I said, they don't ask questions first. Right. You know what I mean? It's, they it's, just go for the assumption. Like, let, me, let me do this. Let me handle you with as much force as I can to neutralize whatever I perceive is going on. And then we'll figure it out after. No, after that time, my face is scratched up. I'm pissed off. And now you're supposed to ask me questions and I'm supposed to get along with you and, and answer them? No, get out well, of my yeah, face. Yeah, you've got a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah, exactly. Why do you want to help them yeah. out if they didn't trust? And that's a big thing, I think, in general um, that obviously we've known for a while, but I think it's really critical now is building that trust back. Because you can't ask the black community to trust police officers. They have to. They have to earn it, it back if they ever even had it. They have to earn it to begin with, and I don't know what police officers. I mean, I, I think in general how they're trained, and who becomes a police officer, and the consequences for bad actions, are only are are a start. If, if they're not held accountable for their actions, we're gonna have this same. There's gonna be more George Floyd's. Look, you know what I mean, like. <laughs> The, I mean, I, I I hate to even say it, but the the patrolling thing that happens that's where a lot of this stuff goes down, because like I said, I don't see too many, you know, uh, I would venture to say, in most aspects, people that are calling the police, they show up after something happens. Right. You know what I mean? So the ones that where that's not happening, they're patrolling. They see somebody and they're like. He's got to be doing something, or the or the thing that they always use is that something happened over there and you fit the description, and this is where all most of the bad blood, like somebody that's doing crime, they're not hanging out and waiting for the police to drive by. 
Yeah, they're not sitting there they're with not, the they're phones. Not seeing the, the police aren't seeing the people <laughs> right, that are right, committing crimes, right. but they are seeing somebody, you know, you know, five, six dudes hanging out at the store. They're seeing, you know, somebody walking down the street. They're seeing, oh, he just got out of a car that fit the description of something, you know, even without actually looking at, you know, like stuff like that. So the interaction that they're having with somebody who's possibly not doing anything right. becomes blown up. And that's where I've had my problem with I don't I don't commit crimes, bro. Yeah. So why are you speaking to me? Like, like I do, yeah. Like why, I do. Why are we starting at criminal yeah. and working our way? Yeah, get your up, head. Up. You got Look, you bro, start at innocent and work your way to criminal. Uh, I haven't <laughs> had a ticket in like fifteen years. So all the interaction I'm talking to you about, yeah. I've never been arrested and I've never got I haven't got a ticket in like I said fifteen years. So all the times that I've been pulled over and the, like the story I was telling you earlier, it was after keeping me there for 30, 40 minutes trying to trip you up with stuff that's not going to work because you didn't commit a crime, it's, okay, now go on your way. So now I'm supposed to respect you after that? Well, there's also also something that I've noticed, and this is something that I think a lot of conservative-y kind of pro-cop white people miss out on because they're always they're, – the retort is always just behave, right? <laughs> you know, behave. Don't – like, you know, do what you're told, behave, and nothing bad will happen. But if you look at how police – treat black people i think a lot of times they're actually egging them on to commit a crime meaning like if you're not doing anything and they start pushing you and pushing you and pushing you you might say fuck you and turn your back to them and they might just tackle you and tase you for that it's the and then you might if you swing back by you know if a, if a man pushes you from behind swinging back is a usual reaction and option but if you do my... that you've just committed a felony so if you started out without committing a crime, police officers can actually push you into committing a crime and then arrest you for it. And they can even do it if you did it without violence. That's my favorite one. Resisting arrest. Resisting arrest, yeah. Without violence. Disorderly you know conduct is another one. If you say fuck you to a cop, they, I think they can nab you on. They can just say you're being disorderly. Look, to be honest with you, I know cops that say whatever they want. It doesn't matter. All they have to do is put on a police report. It's gold. You know what I mean? For them. So it doesn't matter what you did at that point. Just try to stay away from them. That is, that's what I do, man. Yeah. You know, that's not... Those aren't people that you're you're trying to, you know, reason with. At least I'm not. If I, if I know them, that's fine. But other than that, I just I keep my distance from uh, from police officers that, that I'm not friends with or I don't know personally. So how do you think, kind of moving, <laughs> shifting topics a little bit... Uh, sorry for the buzzing. My I didn't put my phone on silent. So, um, how do you think social media is playing a role in this? Because I I feel like I can make an argument that social media is the number one reason why actions actually happening, which is a good thing. But I also see a flip side to it, which is it's also training people to believe that. People that didn't believe that this was real. Like, it's polarizing people in a way that I think is also negative. And, I, you know, I know that from talking to you, just because of where you're from, you have a lot more conservative, pro-police kind of people in your social media network than I do. I, I, I honestly don't even know that I have any. <laughs> I mean, it's like I, it, I have the most radical social media feed, which is a good thing, but it also kind of shelters me from a lot of these kind of conservative talking points that I only really read in other, you know, when I talk to you yeah. or see it from other people, but do you think social media can unify? Is there a solution to this polarization? I don't think, I don't, I don't think anybody that's looking at social media unify anything. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, it, it's a, I don't want to call it an echo chamber, but it's a, it's just like a bullhorn. Oh, it's an echo chamber. Okay. Right. <laughs> I'll call it an echo chamber. <laughs> it's, it's a mimetic echo chamber. Yeah, it's, I mean, you post what you what you feel and if you don't like it uh unfriend me or i'll block you or not gonna lie i've blocked a few people in the last few weeks you're not the only and, one you know, man a few friends of mine <laughs> have been been posting about that about how many people they're blocking yeah, I, block. I just you know for me i just don't I, I don't have time to educate ignorance you know what i mean right. uh, one I, I i don't feel that it's all police officers I feel that law enforcement has a problem. I just finished telling you that, you know, black officers are, I've had some of the worst experiences that I've had from, from black officers, yet still you're, you know, screaming and posting on my page that 
you know, blue lives matter and this lives matter. And, and I'm like, I'm telling you, that's not the problem. So, you know, uh, Facebook's, Facebook serves its purpose. And, and I think these images of, of what's going on, the good, bad, and the ugly, because during the protests, you have, you know, some people co-opting what it is for their rioting and looting and whatever. So it shows the good, the bad, and the ugly about what's going on. There's some great change that's happening yeah. because of it. There's some bad things that are happening because of it, you know what I mean, and everything in between. I agree. I think the from my perspective, obviously, because I have a lot of people who are very in my networks that are really upset about this. Um, a lot that are actually out there marching, which I think is great. Um, but what I what I've seen, and I've tried to hold back a little, because sometimes I feel like I'm I, I'm trying to be the arbiter of of truth, and it's not my role, and I certainly haven't earned that. But I see a lot of propaganda, and I have <laughs> like as somebody who works in the media, I feel like. You know, I just I want to point it out, and I point it out to people, and I don't do it to be like I feel like you know if I have a radically liberal friend who shares a picture you know that's not accurate or data that's not accurate because they want to prove a point. Well, I agree with the point they're trying to prove, but how they do it I feel is is counterintuitive, and I think that people are are not cognizant on the right and the left and everything in between about how we are kind of fed these bullshit messages because we're inclined to believe the lie. And it happens on both ideological sides of the issue. Right. That shit scares me. So, like, there are – when you look at conservatives really have an official outlet for bullshit, which is Fox, Fox News. News. But the thing is is that if you look at a scale of conservative bullshit, Fox News is, is, is oh, it not it's, – it's not even on it's the radar. Tame. <laughs> it's tame compar in comparison yeah, yeah, to what's going better. on in Twitter, on 4chan, all that stuff. And I think that's really toxic. I think that the, the, the lies that they're being told is toxic. But then I see people that are on my ideological side of the fence are kind of sharing and pushing out signals of other bullshit. And I feel like – I hate to say we versus them, but I'll, I'll do it in this context. We have to be better than that. You know, if, 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 if you're on the side of making a change and you want to change the bullshit artists, you know – you can't participate in being a bullshit artist. I mean, with that being said, given the situation we're talking about, you know, uh, race and, and all these things, you know, for me, I kind of, maybe I view it a little different. I kind of step out of that because I don't feel racism or this whole race thing is a black person's problem. No. I don't, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. so I don't. <laughs> You're the victim. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's like you guys fix that. I don't have anything. Right. If you get you punched know. in the face, you don't have to worry about violence. Yeah, the person you, who punched you. Does. Yeah, yeah, you know. So, but I don't think a lot of people really look. Even some, you know, black people don't even realize that they they want to be accepted and hugged and you know, like okay, I just told you what my feelings are, and now you understand, and you were thinking this before, and that's just not my train of thought. I'm not going to speak for everybody, not right. all black people. I'm just saying. People are allowed their views, you know what I mean? And let them scream it, you know, for me, like with this George Floyd thing, I think that it's out there now, you know what I mean? Yeah. And if you want to look at it like, you know, uh, 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 an explosion, you know, there's a little after effect after like the little, the little pop and people are paying attention to the little pop instead of the boom that just happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think given what you're talking about, you're, you know, into journalism and you can pick these things out because your brain is trained to, to pick these things out. Right. I'm not even looking at it. But you don't have to. That, yeah, I mean, that's that, what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. you're, you're saying that it's, it's not your it's responsibility a, to. It's my responsibility yeah, to, 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 look at it, to help so. keep the narrative in my world. It's actually not my responsibility. Nobody, nobody told me to do that. Nobody has to listen to what I have to say. But I feel like they're like, I look at goals, right? It's like, how do we, how do we change the narrative to, to, getting rid of the bullshit we have right now. Like, I, I think Donald Trump is going to be reelected president. I still think he is. I, a, a little bit less sure of that before, but there's this... And he tweeted something, silent majority. Yeah, you know, so, yeah. that is crazy. First of all, it's a crazy thing to tweet because it's almost like... A, a, it's a scary tweet. It's like, we're, we're more than you are. You know right. what I mean? It's like, oh, you see all these marches, all these people mad? Well, the people that... That you actually know, vote. <laughs> yeah, the lynchers. Yeah. The lynchies are, are fewer than the lynchers. Yeah. And that's scary to me. And I think that, you know, I think that's a big step to getting rid of this 
it's obviously there was racism before Trump. A lot of the black, you know, the big, you know, Trayvon Martin and and a lot of the big police brutality and Trayvon wasn't police brutality, but it was it was racist murder. Yeah, fuck that dude. Yeah, he's still free, by the way. But like yeah. a he, lot of you know, not doing a lot of talking these days. That was going on during Obama. That was going on during right. Bush. So it's not Trump, but I think. Trump empowers some of these clowns. I think the media empowers a lot of these clowns. Absolutely. And these clowns empower themselves. And, I, and I Facebook, think the echo chambers. They, and, well, and, and Facebook's moderate. That's what I mean. Like, Facebook's the mainstream version of that. Right. There's 4chan, which is, like, even worse. Um, there's 8chan, which is worse than 4chan. Reddit's a little bit better these days. But there's, like, you know, we, li- we all live in our bubbles where we think that the world's a certain way. We don't realize sometimes, like, how deep this bullshit goes. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I-, I think part of getting rid of it is, like, you have to fight bullshit with truth. And I think truth is, I don't believe in, I hate the term, speak your truth. It's one of my least favorite terms. Because <laughs> it's not real. It's not yeah. speaking, there's no. If your truth is a lie, you're not speaking the truth. You're not speaking, yeah, it's, it's your, right, exactly. There's people that say the Holocaust didn't happen. Yeah, that's that's their truth. truth. That's yeah. not true. Yeah. It's your opinion, right? Yeah. It's like, speak your opinion and lead to truths. You know, like everybody has a different, you know, if you see a rocket go off in the air, somebody from a mountain is going to look at different from somebody from a fucking beach, you know? Right. It's, so I think step one is to like, you know, like you said, it's not your responsibility, but as if in my world, the liberal kind of white, like, you know, I care and I want to help world, we really have to start helping. Like caring isn't good enough, you know, it's not good enough. Like we have to do, and, and, and there's no like easy answer. You know, I've seen all these lists, which I find really funny. <laughs> It's just funny. It's just 200 th- – and it's always posted by white people too. My friends are white people. And say, so here's a list of 200 things that white people can start. I'm going, I, I get it, but come on. Like, is somebody going to read a list of 200 things and just check it off? Like, you know? Yeah, it is. No. Bought, <laughs> bought Caribbean food from a black-owned business today. Check. Check that off the racist list. <laughs> Watched Power. Check. Boom. Look, well, Cried during Black Panther. So all, I'm halfway there, guys. All these, look, I, I, I think a, a lot of this obviously has to do with economics. Right. You know, so, you know, that's one of the things that needs to be figured out. So it's cool to do the checklist, but to affect real change, I, I'm not interested in government at all, or I hate politics. So... But that's where, you know, a lot of this stuff is going to have to come from and fix the economics of what happens in in these neighborhoods. Yeah. You see a situation where loans have to change. Yeah, where where, you know, you go in any hood in USA and nobody that lives there owns anything. They probably don't even own the house that they're renting. You right. know what I mean? Uh not the nail salon, not the check cashing store, not the supermarket. It's not owned by any of them. And it, it, which it, means it, the money doesn't stay in the community. The That's money, something that the uh, money doesn't stay in the community. Killer and, Mike talks about that about yeah. how the black dollar, like every black every dollar a black person spends stays in the black community for like a minute. It's gone, and yeah. then Oof. it's and then it's out. You know, it's out. So there's no building. There's no chance to build a black middle class because yeah. black wealth spends money on, on non-black things and black world. black poverty spends money on non-black things yeah. and so small businesses are not right. encouraged and one of the fucking craziest things and I, I actually have no problem calling out this type of thing is that I used to work for a social media company based out of Bradenton, Florida and they're cool people they're, they're good people right it's a family based company but they're very kind of milk toast middle class very white Irishy white people they're politically very left-leaning. There's, they're in a polyamorous relationship. So there's like a husband, a wife, and then like a girlfriend who lives in the house. Yeah. Well, damn. That's another, right. that's another episode of the podcast. Yeah, Tune in, guys. We the Biz episode let's two. <laughs> Polyamory. Yeah. But, uh, but they, so they, they're, they live in, in, a, in a cul-de-sac in a suburban community outside of Bradenton, Florida. I think it's called Ellington. And it, it's actually farmland. It's where Cisco is. And... On Facebook, they're a social media company, so all the family members are really active on Facebook, and they're all very ideologically liberal, even though they're registered Republicans, which I, I never got. Um, and one of the things I, I noticed was that they were pretty much 365 days a year, every member of this family on social media, 
is blasting racism, is blasting the president. They're talking about Black Lives Matter. They're talking about all this. And I noticed, I worked there for six years. The company's been around for 11 now. They've never had a single black employee. Not one. And when I was working there, we cycled through maybe 20 employees. And I've actually brought it up. And bringing it up got a negative reaction. They say, well, we can't help who applies to our company. And I'm thinking, so you guys are sitting here in a white neighborhood with your white you know, wife and your white girlfriend and your white daughter and your white and you have a staff of 14 are all white people. Almost all of your clients are white. You never hired. A, I mean, we hire people all the time. Never hire. I said, there's no black. And it's the, one time they said there's no black. There's, well, the demographics in Bradenton. I said, but only like a third of your staff lives in Bradenton. Where else? I live in Panama. I'm like, there's no black people in Tampa. And, and what I realized was that a lot of their advocacy for black people was virtue signaling. Right. Meaning it was strictly just putting it out there in the world to say, I'm a good person because I don't believe. Yeah, they changed their Instagram thing to black like everybody else. Right. Uh, yeah, I did that too. I, I mean, I did. I, I'm I, just <laughs> I It's a little cringy. I, was, uh, uh, I, I did it. I'm not taking no, it back. I, did, I, I, did that it, one. I, I did it too. I'm I just saying, one. you know, that's... Uh, but that's a good example. Yeah. But it's like, I think things like this is, and, and I, don't, I'm not, I don't really talk to them, but I almost feel like reaching out and asking, be like, have you hired, have you now thought about how do you proactively hire people that look different than you for your company and sort of you know i don't believe that people should just be hired you know, don't just hire somebody who can't do social media but but, right. but there's no way in holy hell in the tampa bay area there's not one 22 year old <laughs> who wouldn't want to get paid like 20 bucks an hour to post yeah. things on facebook right i mean there's got like you know i off the top of my head i have a friend <laughs> uh, Mo, she she's she used to work with us here in Miami. She's from Tampa Bay. She she knows how to do social media. She's got a college degree. It's like you know, so I think that this might be the the thing that pushes the virtue signalers past virtue signaling and into action, like doing something. Because I think integration, I think how we separate ourselves is how we look at the world. So a lot of people are, are not, when they go to the store, they're not seeing people of color. They're not seeing immigrants. They're not seeing the, all the groups that, that, that they're defending. They don't see them in their day-to-day -day life. They only see them on me, in media and, and you know. And to, I mean, and, and bringing up that situation, they're not going to see them in Bradenton or whatever. So, I mean, in, in theory, that sounds great. But you know, for me, looking on the outside, looking in, it, it's like I wouldn't, I wouldn't care right. that they're doing whatever they're doing with their thing. All I want, all I want for me and anybody that looks like me is is the opportunity to have equity. I don't want to work for them. I'd rather own something that I, I want to have, have the opportunity. Yeah. I want to have the opportunity to own something like them. That's the only way this is going to change. Right. Where the economics change and. That's not going to change until the opportunities change. Do you know how much thing? I'm not going to say every black person grows up in the hood or in the urban areas and all that stuff, but I'm just saying, if you do, you know how many things you have to deal with just to, I mean, just to get to be in, get past your teenage years. You know what I'm saying? Right. That has nothing to do with uh, economics. Just all the craziness that happens there. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And and then you you make it out and you're, it's like okay uh, I got past my teenage years but can't get a loan got a record got this got that and it's all I did was try to survive in that thing that it was set I was, up for that you. I was yeah. born into you had no choice yeah it's like dude what did you want me to do what 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 you know right how am I supposed to navigate that situation when your 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 first charge is at fifteen. For a nickel bag or something, you know what I'm saying? Right. Now you're in the system. You know what I mean? So all these things that happen uh, happens leads you to a, a point where you 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 get to the same age as somebody that's not going through that, but they they're light years ahead of you. You know what I mean? No record, good credit. You know their family can co-sign for them for a loan or something. And you don't have that, so there needs to be more. One, the 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 thing where you're, you know, you're 
getting police records from trivial stuff that stuff that you shouldn't be getting a yeah. record for marijuana that, that possession need, yeah, is a big stuff, one that needs that stuff needs to go away but i'm just saying the the should also be retroactively thrown the hell out re- removed yeah because there's absolutely. people serving because if you think about it the damage is done can you imagine you're doing like what like five ten years on a drug charge, and then they eliminate drug charges. They should let you out now. There's, I know like, people that's doing twenty something, like somebody that's been in prison for like twenty something years off some, you know, it's it's a nonviolent, yeah. you know, drug charge. You know what I mean? It's, just, and, it's and, something and then, that only hurts yourself. Really. And then people that that do all these heinous crimes are out in like ten, you know what I'm saying? Like uh, uh, there's a, you know, they're doing pedophilia and all kind of craziness and they're literally out before somebody that's selling some dope yeah brock turner the rapist oh, from dude, uh that's not even get started the stanford that. rapist he i think he did what 18 months or something i don't even think he did that did he i don't I, know. I, you know i don't know it's something mi- really minimal six still, maybe six months he might have done six he's months he's still actually. walking around here like he didn't do nothing so there you go you know what i mean that's all we need to know yeah about that but like i said you know to get imagine back, if he thing. was black yeah <laughs> Not that dude would have been under the prison. But, yeah, man. At the at the end of the day, you know, with with what's going on with with now, the light is kind of like on 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 law enforcement. That's just one aspect of it. Just treat. <laughs> cats acting this, up. Uh, yeah, man. The cats going ham over here. Uh, just treat. You know, like I I brought up the equity word. Just yeah. Treat us like you would obviously treat everybody else. That's it. That's nobody's asking for anything different. I respect you if you respect me, and I'm pretty sure that's just how it works. Yeah, and, and, and you, you, you getting I mean? getting people getting. I think that's part a big part of that. Something I always push is self integration. Like like hang out with people that don't look like you, so you're less scared of that look. Because I think even well-meaning people sometimes, well-meaning white people, also Hispanics, Asians, any other group. They look, they see images of black people as violent so much that even if they don't consciously believe it, subconsciously they're scared of black people. Whoa. So they'll kind of walk down the street <laughs> and, say, and I'm not talking about like in a bad neighborhood, yeah, you yeah, should yeah. be scared of any people, right? Oh, like, to me here, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I try to fight it here. I think South Beach is, is, you know, I always joke around with you about the, in these, in, again, we're going back to Facebook, but you know, bear with us. We're in a, we're in a fucking pandemic. It's where everybody's getting their kind of social interaction but you know see these videos of like people black kids in south beach getting pizza yeah <laughs> and, and, and the dude is and the guy's, going crazy about the it. guy mitch novick is his yeah, name man and the guy the... films these people and he goes <laughs> he's saying you know the, the neighborhood's gone to shit i'm like they're 22 year olds getting pizza, pizza. Dude, yeah. what, how is that a problem but the, he's like spring breakers and there's like two people outside like what the hell is yeah that? or they think you know or the music they listen they listen to you right. say you know i've heard people say that too if, oh, if you take the hip-hop away then it get the neighborhood gets safer and it's like you must really believe that you know if you look at south beach there's no menu for black tourists there's no <laughs> i mean there's no pricing it's like they're they're yeah, everybody's getting gouged everyone's getting <laughs> fucked that's what i mean if, if you, you live here if you don't live here, black, white, purple, you come here. That, yeah, that, you're buying, yeah. yeah that, Just because you're buying food from the licking yeah, doesn't that, mean you're not paying $50 yeah, for some more of, shit. That ounce of lick is still $25, bro. Yeah, the fishbowl margarita doesn't right. change prices because you're from, exactly. from a different city and you look different. So I think that we should, if we're going to welcome tourists in South Beach, it's like, would you want just want to replace the black people <laughs> eating pizza with white people? What? How does that, like... Look, uh, you brought up the word, uh, uh, I'm going to get a little serious for a second, but you brought up the word integration and, and you know, what people are afraid of. You know, yeah. what, what, you know, there was a time when there was black, but you know, when there was before, you know, civil rights and all this stuff and integration where black folks had wealth because you didn't have a choice but to own your own things. Yeah, segregation. And then yeah. once integration happened, all that stuff was swallowed up. And, and lost. Yeah. The identity was lost. Yeah. The bus lines, the movie theaters, all that was gone. Why? Because they were afraid of that. These people had money, they had their own thing going on, and it was just swallowed up. You have the Black Wall Street, you know what I mean? They, yeah. And you have a situation where they were literally, they were dropping bombs on a damn city. 
Why? Which I didn't learn until The Watchmen, by oh, the way. Okay. That's they, they, they were, Yeah, they were. I, you know, I didn't watch that show, but they. They, uh, I saw something and I read like a brief, you know, thing on the show. It opened, the first like, episode opens with the bombings in Tulsa. In Tulsa, yeah. Which is and, crazy. And so when you, when you, when you say, uh, I look at it like this, like, okay, so what are we supposed to do? You know what I mean? If, if we say, you know what, just have it. You guys do your own thing. We're going to do our own thing. Like say that happens right now. Like apartheid. Thing. You know, no, I'm just saying, like, look, how I look at it, like I said, I'm a little different than most people. Sure. I see all a bunch of people that I don't want to say friends. You see social media and they're totally making fun of, you know, BLM and, you know, I work and they should work and all this stuff. I'm like, okay, so if we economically just say, you know what, we're not messing with these people anymore. We're going to do our own thing. Yeah. Is that going to scare you more than saying hey look give us a chance just give me put me on equal footing because apparently that's scary we can't do that right because everybody's up in arms right now no 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 i work hard so if we can't get on equal footing with you and decide to go do something else and do it on our own i've seen what happened they drop bombs yeah so which one is i mean it's scary this way and it's scary this way right so for me looking it's like okay so what do you what exactly do you want you want us just to be subservient to this shit? You want us to, you know, let police do this stuff? You want us to just sit down there and, and walk into a bank knowing that you're not going to, you know, get the same opportunity? That's, like, we're supposed to take that. And but this is why the onus isn't on you, though. No, no, I'm saying, but when you uh, just, the overall, when 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 when, uh, when people are looking, I don't want to say white folks, but when they're looking and say, I want to help, that's the stuff you need to be helping with. Yeah. Yeah, well, it, it, it'll take it, that, it, too, because yeah, if you look at the population, if if all black people supported only black businesses, it's still only 15% of the country, the population. Right. So to really, you need other, you need white right. people to, to start being allies in the sense uh, yeah. of, of no, supporting. Don't it. give me no job. Work, like, let's do this together. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't know, dude. Every. Maybe I'm the only one, but when I hear, uh, especially this current administration, I'm not even going to say that dude's name, and I hear, you know, black people with jobs, and then you see this thing happens, and, you know, most of the jobs are, you know, like Pizza Hut and service worker, you know, type stuff, it irritates me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like we don't we don't want jobs. We want the opportunity. Equity, yeah. To equity we want to own. To get, yeah. We want to own stuff. Build wealth. Yeah. You know and what I'm saying. Create generational and wealth. That, and we build... don't want to work for somebody. So keep talking about. I give you know black people jobs and uh, like I said I'm not going to say his name and and people parrot this stuff and it irritates me. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. You know what I mean. Uh, giving black people jobs. No, dude. Let's let's sit down and talk about how we all can sit down here and work together and make. You know, make some money, and everybody is is happy, and 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 there's equity out there, and that's not what's happening now. And that this thing that you see going on, where people are are burning down stuff and stuff, is because they don't own any of it. Yeah, you can easily burn something that you don't own. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. You yeah, you have nothing care. invested in you it. You have nothing invested in it, not emotionally, not financially, and for the most part it's probably an adversarial relationship you've seen these million videos you've seen a hundred videos with uh you know the the nail salon person or the, you know the black person got kicked out of there and they're buying their wigs and they're yeah man so um we could go on forever about this uh i have to cut this segment short but i think you know i want to resume this this conversation in episode two which is going to be coming up in a couple of days Um, We'll be back in just a minute to wrap things up. So I want to wrap this up here. Uh, I think this is a really great start. I want to hear everybody's feedback about, you know, what you you think about the format of the podcast. We'd love to hear your opinions about what we're doing as far as addressing these issues. You know, chirp at us if you agree. Chirp at us if you disagree. I, I think really the whole format of this is I want... And we want people to to be honest and, and raw and truthful about their opinions. And, you know, you're, anyone's free to have their own opinion, but also be open that, you know, to hear somebody clap back on that opinion and, and say you're wrong. 
and explain why. That's that's the whole point I think of dialogue here is that we need to be talking about you know working through problems by discussing them. Social media is not a really great way to do it. So that being said, I'm going to plug social media. We don't have social media pages. Um, we should in a couple of days. Um, so it's probably going to be We The Biz. You can look up on We The Biz. My name is Andy Jackson. You can find me on Facebook under that name. You can find me on Instagram at AJ Fenway. And uh, Lloyd, do you have any socials you want to plug? Absolutely not. I'll, <laughs> I'll stay off my social media. Man. Cool. So Lloyd's not going to plug his social media. I will. Uh, when we have our social media built, we'll get it out. Just let everybody know. Um, our next segment is going to be with Kyle Phillips Thomas of Higher Humans. Kyle's a really good friend of mine. I've known him since Buenos Aires. He is from Trinidad. He grew up in Atlanta. He's he's all over the place. He's a world traveler. And uh, we want to talk about human consciousness and, and how that affects, you know, kind of the world we're living in and the world we want to build. So, Lloyd, I want to say thank you very much. Uh, thank you, man. This is my first ever uh podcast or anything like that so so lloyd's co-hosting with me so this is our it's, podcast this is man. pretty pretty cool man appreciate it all right well uh this is we the biz episode one we are the business and uh you are the reason we're here thank you very much for listening take care